Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. Let us beset the just one because he is obnoxious to us. He sets himself up against our doings, reproaches us for transgressions of the law, and charges us with violations of our training. Let us see whether his words be true. Let us find out what will happen to him. For if the just one be the Son of God, God will defend him and deliver him from the hands of his foes. With revilement and torture, let us put the just one to the test that we may have proof of his gentleness and try his patience. Let us condemn him to a shameful death, for according to his own words, God will take care of him. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. The Lord upholds my life. The Lord upholds my life. O God, by your name save me, and by your might defend my cause. O Lord, hear my prayer. Hearken to the words of my mouth. The Lord upholds my life. For the haughty men have risen up against me. The ruthless seek my life. They set not God before their eyes. The Lord upholds my life. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord sustains my life. Freely will I offer you sacrifice. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is goodness. The Lord upholds my life. A reading from the letter of St. James. Beloved, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every foul practice. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure, then peaceable, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, without inconstancy or insincerity. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace for those who cultivate peace. Where do the wars and where do the conflicts among you come from? Is it not from your passions that make war within your members? You covet but do not possess. You kill and envy but you cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. You do not possess because you do not ask. You ask but do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus and his disciples left from there and began a journey through Galilee, but he did not wish anyone to know about it. He was teaching his disciples and telling them, The Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him. And three days after his death, the Son of Man will rise. But they did not understand the saying, and they were afraid to question him. They came to Capernaum, and once again inside the house, he began to ask them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they remained silent. They had been discussing among themselves on the way who was the greatest. Then he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. 
Taking a child, he placed it in their midst, and putting his arms around it, he said to them, Whoever receives a one child such as this in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, on this 25th Sunday of Ordinary Time, we're going to get into the Book of Wisdom. Then there's a bunch of wicked stuff going on, Carla, isn't there? <laughs> Man, I'll say, chapter two. Oh. Okay, chapter two, Book of Wisdom. It starts out by telling us that it was the wicked who, with hands and words, invited death. And then it continues on for the next 11 verses with a kind of monologue that it describes the reasoning and the thoughts and then the desires of those who reject God. And in those first verses, we hear that the wicked believe that death is the end of everything. And since nothing exists beyond this lifetime, the only reward can be had in the here and now. So happiness will only happen from a life of lived in licentiousness and greed and selfishness, but there is one disturbing element to the wicked, and that is the existence of the just one, the promised Savior, and the wicked are faced with the dilemma of how to resolve that issue. And Mm -hmm. this is where our reading picks up as the wicked plot to destroy him. (laughs) Wow. I know. Okay. You got to go back and resolve things. If you didn't listen to the commentary, you would have no idea all of that stuff, the back plot. It's exciting. And and that is one thing about, I love about the commentary is to be able to prepare for mass, to be able to go and bring that scripture alive because of that background. So yeah, thank you. Um, So yeah, let me, and let me provide two perspectives on that first uh, sentence there. Let us beset the just one because he is obnoxious to us. Mm-hmm. So let, let's look at one perspective being, uh, you know, Joe or Sally in the pew. And we are hearing a wonderful homily at mass by our, our parish priest involving some Catholic doctrine or belief that is true to our faith, but contrary to the world. And some people struggle with that. So again, it's our call, I think, to, to delve into that with prayer. Um, but the the thing, or I guess the perspective that I would want to bring up is, say, Mr. Pew person being saying, hey, the priest is kind of being obnoxious to us because he's saying something that yeah. I really Wait don't want to listen to. Wait a minute, that makes me to. feel uncomfortable. Exactly. Right. Well, St. Paul, uh, in one of his writings to St. Timothy, I think gives a beautiful definition of the ministry of the priest. It says, in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is coming to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingly power... I charge you to preach the word, to stay with the task, whether convenient or inconvenient, correcting, reproving, appealing, constantly teaching and never losing patience. That's the role of our priest. We rely on the priest to bring us that education, to bring us that history, to bring us that doctrine. You know, and I think the more that we ask our priest and recognize and thank our priest for doing that, the stronger we will be and we'll be able to fend off all the sins that we're seeing in our church uh, today and throughout the world. And you make a good point. We need to support our priests and our bishops when they have the courage to stand up and speak the truth, because there are so many who are just you know, sitting there, just like what we're hearing here. Wait a second. He's he's saying things that are threatening my lifestyle. Exactly. He, he's saying things that are making me uncomfortable. So the faithful really do need to come forward and show our support for yes. our priest, faithful priests and bishops. That's exactly right. Because even St. Paul told Timothy later, preaching of the gospel involves rejection. It involves suffering. 
and it involves sacrifice. And it involves self-sacrifice that the suffering is a part of the definition of our baptismal priesthood. For a priestly people is one which offers sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So again, please thank your priest for bringing those tough words into mass, into his life, and into into the life of the parish. And always pray for our priest. Definitely. Now, the other perspective is there's a responsibility of the priests, the ministry, our bishops, our cardinals, to live and be courageous witnesses as well. And of course, we've had struggles with that recently with some of the scandals. And and one of the things that I guess I want to bring up is, um, you know, of course, this this is nothing new, as you've mentioned in previous commentaries. And and this has even been something that an apparition from our Blessed Virgin Mary has talked about. And this was actually back in the 70s. So my wife Deidre uh, gave me this information about an apparition of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Akita, Japan, to Sister Agnes Sasagawa. So I'll let you go ahead and look that up. But the things that I wanted to um, let you know about on this is there were some extraordinary events to Sister Agnes back in 1973 when she saw some amazing and brilliant rays emanating from the tabernacle. And there were three messages that Sister Agnes received. The last one, which was on October 13th, 1973, part of this says this, And this is the Blessed Mary talking to Sister Agnes. And the Blessed Mary said, The work of the devil will infiltrate even into the church in such a way that one will see cardinals opposing cardinals, bishops opposing bishops. The priests who venerate me will be scorned and opposed by their confreres. Churches and altars sacked. The church will be full of those who accept compromise and the demon will press many priests and consecrated souls to leave the service of the Lord. This is something that I know, right? I mean, 40 years ago, this was, this was, and of course that's roughly, I mean, when you think about the events that have been recently exposed, they were, you know, sins decades ago. Wasn't that the year Roe versus Wade, 1973? Um, Yeah, I believe so. Wasn't it? it? Yeah. Yeah. So we see so many of that. And this is again, something that unfortunately has even been, been prophesied Mm -hmm. uh, with, but again, the, the, now the call, not only from us to support our priests, but then the priest to also then take their role of the ministry and the ministerial priesthood very seriously out of love and complete service to the church. So yeah. it works both ways. So I wanted to kind of bring that up because, you know, selfishness and this obnoxiousness, it can drive people to, you know, desperate actions oftentimes. Yeah. And, you know, our egos and our insecurities often seek refuge in the humiliation of others. And we even see that today with social media. Just keep yelling louder, keep mm-hmm. yelling louder, and then you'll you'll be right if you can yell the loudest. And if we can shame th- shame them into coming around to our way of thinking. Exactly. Right. This is not what true wisdom is being, it's what we're being taught in, in right. the scriptures today. So how do we respond to the wicked? How do we live a life of wisdom, Carla? Let's go to the second reading and find out. <laughs> oh man, this reading poses a very important question. And it starts out by telling us that the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure, then peaceable, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits. And uh, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace for those who cultivate peace. So where do the wars and conflicts among you come from? Well, that is a very good question. Um, And the, the reading goes on to explain that the source of conflict lies in our passions and that no matter how much warring and killing unfolds, we still won't find peace because we're going about it in all the wrong way. And, you know, Kevin, sadly, there is fighting and warring in our own families. And it's not very pretty. So a lot of us try to keep it hidden. But so long as jealousy, pride, and anger, and greed continue unchecked, 
to fan the flames, that fight is going to go on. And I'm talking about good Christian people, you know, people who've slowly slipped into the grips of this deadly sin, and they don't even realize what's happened to them, or worse yet, they try to deny it. You know, we talk about forgiveness. We talk about unconditional love. But do we really know how to put it in practice? We start by taking it to prayer and then to the sacrament of reconciliation and ask God to show us the truth about who we really are. And then with the grace that comes with surrender to God's holy will, we can finally begin to make peace and enjoy the gift of holiness with our family and our friends and our communities. Right. And and so many people go and get their wisdom from the world, right? As opposed to the wisdom of Christ, right? We, we look to wisdom, you know, from the media, we look for our wisdom in politicians or entertainers or whoever, whoever, uh, you know, those sorts of worldly sort of things. So what you bring up is so important to come to prayer, to seek that reconciliation, that confession before God, and then gain that wisdom in our relationship with God and also with each other. But it has to be based on truth. This wisdom has to be based on truth. Remember, truth is a person, right? Truth is Jesus Christ. And that's where we make true societal progress. Uh, And this has been, I think, several years ago, but Bishop Vasha wrote this, charity or even justice at the expense of truth while resembling progress may actually lead to things destructive of human dignity. And he follows on saying, charity separated from truth cannot generate genuine progress. That's where we have to balance or, or really base our truth on that, on the wisdom And that's Jesus where we've fallen into a lot of the pitfalls. Oh, haven't we? we? Have, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, you know, of course, <laughs> talking about pitfalls, talking about wars, talking about really the sin of pride, we see the disciples were having kind of their own little discussions, weren't they? Who's the greatest? Well, let me tell you who's the greatest. <laughs> How often that sin of pride, you know? Well, I'm the best. Well, since you're asking. <laughs> let me tell you what I think. So anyway, we bring in the Gospel of Mark and we see that, you know, Christ knows what's going on. He tells them the Son of Man is to be handed over to men and they will kill him. And in three days after his death, he will rise. Well, what are they talking about? Who's the greatest, right? <laughs> so, so he then, after that walk, they come back and Christ asks them, what were you arguing about on the way? But they remained silent. Yeah. They, what is? Yeah, what do you think yeah, that means? Yeah. Why did they remain silent? Probably they knew they were wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Christ finishes up. If anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. And I, I think it's important to note that again, that doesn't. That's really again a true call to humility. But that doesn't really mean you're a doormat, does it? Right. 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 Humility isn't thinking less of ourselves. Humility is thinking of ourselves less. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. 